Welcome, everybody, to the Boiler Alert Podcast. With you, as always, I am your host, Andrew Ledman, and I am flying solo tonight. Ryan is unavoidably detained, so it's just going to be me. means it's going to be a little bit of a shorter episode. Going to spend the second half talking about the loss to the Iowa Hawkeyes. But first, I wanted to mention some news that maybe a lot of you didn't see, but I think is great news for Purdue in general. They announced last week um, on Friday that Purdue Athletic Director Mike Bobinski received a contract extension, a five-year extension that will take him through June of 2028. Bobinski, of course, um, came in and has done really great things uh, within the athletic department. He has overseen renovations to Ross-Aid Stadium, um, additional upgrades to Mackey Arena, and he was the driving force behind the most two most recent football hires in Jeff Brom and Ryan Walters. Now, you know, the Jeff Brom hire obviously was a success. Uh, Big Ten West Championship got to the Big Ten title game for the first time. Ryan Walters, I think, overall is going to be a good hire, but the jury's still out on it, of course, being that it is his first season. Um, so you can't claim good or bad there. But the the fact of the matter is, when you're an athletic director, you're judged on your hires. Um, facility upgrades are probably second. Fundraising, probably third. You can maybe flip two and three. Um, but for one it has to be football hires because it is so much of a revenue driver for the rest of the department, and it really sets the tone uh, for how the 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 department in general is viewed across the country, and it is really the, the sport that gets the most eyeballs out uh, for your team. So I, I think Bobinski has done a great job. I don't think many people have many complaints about what he has done, especially, you know, during the COVID-19 pandemic, he went out there and raised money, helped raise over $18 million to kind of keep the athletic department running, to prevent the athletic department from, you know, taking cuts, uh, preventing them from having to cut sports, things of that nature. I mean, it was a really impressive thing that they did there. Um, and and I get got this uh, little tidbit from Adam, Adam Rittenberg on ESPN. During Bobinski's first season, average football attendance was 34,451. And it was in 2022, which is, of course, the last full season, was 57,129 a game. So, I mean, that is an increase of over 22,000 on average per game. So that is just a huge step up, of course. A lot of that has to do with the the hire that he made, um, hires he made both of Jeff Brom and then Ryan Walters. Purdue, of course, was was in a bad state with the football program when Bobinski came aboard. So he made some great choices, and you can really see the dividends in the both the bottom line of the Purdue athletic department as well as just the attendance at football games. Uh, of course, he hasn't had to do a whole lot in the basketball arena for men's um, because Matt Painter has been with uh, the team, of course, for a long, long time, long preceding Mike Bobinski. Uh, but on the women's side, he did bring in Katie Geralds, uh, was originally going to be a, you know, a coach-in-waiting situation, and then everything happened with Sharon Versup, and uh, he made the decision to to kind of get rid of Versup and put Geralds in. Now, the, you know, the team made the NCAA tournament last year. They're ahead of schedule, I think, and Katie Geralds has really shown she's not only a good coach, but she is really kind of changing the vibe around the women's basketball program. It, it seems much less stuffy now. Um, she's a lot of fun on Twitter. She's a lot of fun around the fans. You know, she gets people excited about the program, and that is a huge thing for what has historically been a very good program in the Purdue women's team. So I think he's made a lot of really good hires. Uh, the obviously the changes to Ross Aid this last year are something that 
everybody has been really excited about. And, you know, the in the future, I'm sure more will be done, but it's just going to be a matter of time. And with the new money coming in from the Big Ten contract, uh, Big Ten media rights contract, it's going to be exciting to see what they can do, especially if it truly does reach the top end of uh, $100 million from that contract. I mean, that would be a 45 or so million dollar increase per year uh, for Bobinski and everyone at Purdue uh, to work with. So th- they could do a lot of good for the school, for the programs, and for you know all of the athletes at Purdue with that kind of money. And I really hope they find a way to use it um, to make Purdue better, but also to take care of the athletes. Because as much as you know, for me personally, as much as I want to see Purdue out there winning, and you know, you you won't find many folks who are pushing harder for that. But they are they are athletes. They are young men and women, and we want to put them on our track to succeed because the vast majority of them aren't going to make their money playing their sport. They're they're going to go out into the real world uh, and have to find jobs just like folks like you and me. So. I want to find ways for the athletic department to put them on a path to success. And I think that extra, you know, whether it's 25 million or 45 million extra per year could go a long way toward um, continuing to push for those athletes to, to have success in their post sports life, post Purdue life. And I think that's something huge that um, we can all agree would be a great goal. So we're going to take a brief break, come back, talk about the Purdue loss to Iowa. And we are back. So, as I said, Ryan not with me today, just me riding solo. Um, So it's going to be a little brief here on the second half, just talking about the Iowa game. Purdue, of course, lost to Iowa in Iowa City, 20-14, in just a very ugly game. Um, Not aesthetically pleasing, not really a fun one to watch. Not quite as bad as the Nebraska-Illinois game from the night before, but it, it was not a good football game. The highlight of the game was seeing Coach Ryan Walters wearing that uh, absolutely beautiful gold sweatshirt from University Bookstore. Uh, they put it online today. Unfortunately, I was late finding it, so I was not able to get one. Uh, but they have assured folks on Twitter that they are going to restock in the future. Don't know how long that's going to take. Uh, maybe, maybe by the time I go to the Minnesota game in November, They'll have them in store so I can just grab one right off the rack because, my goodness, that was a beautiful sweatshirt. So really looking forward to getting my hands on one of those. Um, This game played out, I think, like most people thought. 34 points combined between the two teams. Somehow they set the over-under at 38.5, and it still went under. I mean, just incredible. Um, And without McNamara, the Iowa offense is just awful. Um, you know, and I say that knowing that Purdue only scored 14, but that was because of the Iowa defense um, being great. You know, the Purdue defense played an okay game, but it's it's hard to take what they did too seriously when you're playing against just a historically bad Iowa offense. I don't know how they keep winning football games. Um, it, it's the epitome of the um, the gift from Breaking Bad of Jesse just saying he can't keep getting away with this. Uh, somehow Kirk Ferentz is continuing to win games with basically no offense and all defense. It's like when you were playing uh, a build-your-team on Madden or something, if you put all your points toward defense and nothing on offense, just hoping that your team could could do just enough on offense while you shut out the opponent and maybe scored a touchdown on defense. But it, it, was, it was not a pretty display by either team on offense. And if you didn't get to see it, because the game was on Peacock, I know not everybody has it, um, Deacon Hill, who was the starting quarterback for Iowa, 
6 of 21, 110 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Quarterback rating, 2. Just 2. Like, oh boy. Um, And Hudson Card, not a great game either. 25 of 40, 247, one touchdown, two interceptions. He had a number of problems in this game. And it was a strange combination in that the offensive line at times gave him no help, so he he had to run immediately. Um, but he was scrambling, and he just didn't make decisions. Uh, he, he should have thrown the ball away a bunch of times, but instead he took a sack or um, did some... Like, he on at least two occasions, he was trying to throw it as he was getting sacked and just, like, to get rid of it. And once he did get screwed by the refs who called him down, um, and then he was able to throw it away but they can't review it because he was down. and So that was a terrible call, but uh, one ultimately resulted in, I believe, in one of his interceptions, but he, he just he wasn't getting great protection at times from the line, but then when he was, he wasn't making a decision, and he was holding the ball, um, and that ultimately resulted in another couple of sacks. So he just, he, it was the worst of both worlds um, at that point. I mean, he was sacked six times, Iowa got six sacks, and coming into that game, they were one of the worst teams in the conference regarding number of sacks. So it just shows you the struggle that both the offensive line and Hudson Card uh, had in this game. They're just not in sync. You know, they're, they don't know where the other is going to go. They don't really have a great feel for each other at this point, and I think you can see that in the way that, that some of the sacks just were miscommunications and... Oh boy, like I said, it was just, it was an ugly game to watch. There was no good offense really from either side. And the only way I was able to put points on the board was with uh, a couple of just really big plays, including a 67-yard run from the returning Caleb Johnson, um, who wound up with 134 yards. And honestly, if Caleb Johnson had not come back because uh, he'd missed the previous couple games with an injury, I- I'm not sure I would be able to do anything. Um, they hit one long pass to Eric all. Um, but I mean, they only completed six passes and not a single pass to a wide receiver, not a single pass to a wide receiver. And I mean, Deacon Hill is not a good quarterback. He may be a good person. That's fine. But not as a quarterback, wouldn't want him on my team. He was overthrowing receivers. He was overthrowing targets by like five, 10 yards, uh, over their heads, just, Everything was long. He had no touch on the ball all day. And it, it was just, it was so difficult to watch. I don't know how Iowa fans do it every week, but, you know, ultimately they got the win. And I, I guess that's how they do it every week. Uh, it can be ugly as long as you win. And you feel you feel decent, I guess, when you walk away with a W, whereas Purdue now sits at 2-4, and 1-2 uh, and two in the Big Ten West. And it, it doesn't get easier going forward for Purdue, you know. Um, They've got they've got upcoming games against Ohio State, and then uh, they go to Nebraska after a week off. So that week off could be key because next week Ohio State comes into town, uh, third straight game on Peacock. So I know that's going to upset some folks, and I get it, I, I do. Um, but there's there's nothing we can do about it. We're getting that sweet sweet Big Ten media rights money, uh, so it's going to be on Peacock next week. It is a noon start. But it is going to be a tough game. Ohio State has not looked like world beaters so far this year, um, but they've certainly got a lot more talent and and looked a lot better than Purdue has so far this season. Um, 
Overall, other good things out of this game. Um, Devin Mockaby, 20 rushes, 89 yards. Did have one fumble, but uh, didn't lose it. Um, Purdue had some struggles uh, with their with their center. A couple bad snaps, and they just they've got to put this thing together. Um, there, it just seems like when one thing goes well for Purdue, something else goes wrong. Uh, Dylan Thieneman had another interception. He did return at 26 yards. Iowa was able to put up some points uh, on a Cooper DeJean interception. He ran it back 41 yards. I believe Iowa got a field goal out of that drive. So it was kudos to the Purdue defense uh, for stopping them because I believe he took the ball all the way down to about the five-yard line there, um, and Purdue stopped him from getting a touchdown. So, you know, Purdue, they did enough to win if they just had not shot themselves in the foot. Um, you know, it's the story of this Purdue team right now. They they are so close to really seeming like they can put it all together, but they just can't get every single thing to click in a sing- in one game. And and when when you're not the most talented squad out there, anything that you do to hurt yourself is doubly bad. You know you don't have enough leeway to make those mistakes and still come back in these games. And Purdue just made too many too many mistakes. Um, you know they struggled to tackle here and there. They made some silly penalties that kept Iowa in a couple drives, and then they made some bad penalties on offense that put them in a bad position, um, especially some holdings uh, on back-to-back plays specifically. And there's two more things I want to talk about. Um, one, Purdue on offense, they got beyond the the 50-yard line on I believe the first four drives and came away with no points and. It's that kind of thing that really hurts you when you're playing a team like Iowa, who you know is not going to score a bunch, but you know their defense is good enough to stop you. So you got to find a way to string drives together, and Purdue just couldn't do it. And lastly, I'm really, really beginning, not beginning, I shouldn't say, uh, I'm ready to voice my displeasure with Graham Harrell's offensive play calling. I just don't know what he's doing a lot of times. Um, you know, and people have pointed out on Twitter and elsewhere, that you know Graham Harrell has not exactly had uh, long stints at a lot of places, and when you're an assistant coach and a coordinator, you know I understand that happens. You're always trying to chase the next job because you want to make yourself desirable. You want to find the next position for you because ultimately you want to get that head coaching job and you want to get the you want to get the big money that comes with being a head coach. And I get that. So it's hard to look at these assistant coaches' careers. And wonder, you know, were they run out? Were they not invited back? Whatever, what have you? But the way that Graham Harrell calls games, it's it's very confusing to me. You know, when he knew he was going for it on fourth down, he makes a strange third and eight call on a, on a delayed handoff. Didn't love that call. Um, I'm just I'm confused as to what he's doing and kind of what his game plan is. I want to see more things that aren't really predictable. Um, I want to see just better play calling in general. I mean, I know I'm not articulating it very well, but man, if you just go back and watch this game, you just feel like sometimes these players are not put in a position to succeed with some of the offensive play calls. And that is a shame because there really is talent on this offense, but they just, they haven't put it together. And I wonder how much of that is because the offensive play calling is not allowing them uh, that opportunity. So it is definitely something I'm going to be keeping an eye on going forward. So that's going to do it for this one. Um, we'll come back to you midweek, uh, see if Ryan has any specific insights about the Iowa game. And then we'll, of course, talk about Ohio State. But 
make sure to uh, stay on the feed because uh, Drew and Garrett will have their Buds episode coming out uh, in a couple days, and they'll go in more in-depth on the Iowa game. So make sure to listen to that. Those guys always do a great job. So for Ryan and myself, Boiler Up, see you next time. <laughs>